Good evening, and welcome to Monergy Life. Tonight I have the very special pleasure of welcoming my guest, Felicia Cruz. She's a multi-talented artist, writer, photographer, adventurer, explorer. And when she joins us, she'll be discussing her national tour starting in California on July 2nd and lasting through August 11th. One of the reasons I'm so thrilled to have this show is to be able to bring people that are attempting to do extraordinary things in these very challenging times with the resources that are at their command. And Felicia Cruz is a perfect example of that. As part of her traveling adventures, she visited Southeast Asia, particularly Cambodia, and she really made a difference in one person's life as well as a village in the entire country of Cambodia. And I I really have to give so much credit to her for doing that because it's so easy today to bemoan the lack of opportunity and the problems that people are facing when it's really amazing when you can get out of your comfort zone and actually do some amazing things in this world to help other people. And, be, you know, before she calls in and joins us, I think it's it's worth talking about that for a few moments because so much of the magical things that happen in our lives are created and done when we can get out of our own head and out of our comfort zone and when we just stop thinking about our own needs. And, of course, everybody has to pay for their rent and their expenses and take care of their family. But we really shouldn't think of ourselves as being limited by our particular circumstances. And Felicia Cruz is a perfect example of someone who has left the comfort zone and really tried to make a difference in another country, another individual's life. And uh, and when she does call in, we'll hear all about that journey that she took in Cambodia and the efforts that she made to actually make a difference. You know, to all those that are listening, we all know the um, the onslaught of negative media that is very much a part of everyone's existence in terms of the economy, the stock market, world news events. The way I really look at those those external events is it's, is as background noise uh, that all of us have going on. And I think the key is to actually look at it that way and think of it as background noise and not be limited by what we think we can or cannot do in any situation. Uh, that seems to be the key to getting out of yourself and to accomplishing some really interesting things in your life. And, you know, part of part of the information that's being pumped out there is 
the problems that are in the economy today and all the things that people can't do and the things that people are supposedly suffering and and, and working through. But I think the flip side of that deserves, if not equal airplay, perhaps greater airplay. And hopefully that will be something that this show can contribute to. And I certainly believe that that's one of my main goals in hosting the show is to uh, is to enable a different voice to be heard, particularly just individuals who are doing things in their life that don't just benefit them and that are enjoying the process as well. <clears throat> so that's another reason I'm so pleased to welcome Felicia when she does call in, which should be momentarily. And I hope all of you are having a a great day this Thursday evening. Uh, We're holding the show in New York City, and the weather was just a splendid June day. And uh, it's really a pleasure to, uh, to be around New York this time of the year. There's so much going on, so many things to take advantage of. And um, it's a really wonderful place to be, particularly when it doesn't get too hot. And um, there is many things to uh, to challenge one in New York City. And uh, while I'm waiting for my guests to call in, uh, I could just tell all the listeners something that I've been going through the last few days, which is a bit challenging and, you know, somewhat interesting. Uh, there's some, actually, there's a lot of construction work going on in the building in which I'm living in, and uh, it's a building. It's a really great building, smack in the middle of New York City in Midtown, and uh, there's a lot of work being done on the floor in which I'm living in, so that I wake up to an incredible amount of noise uh, coming from various apartments that are being renovated or fixed. And it's an interesting situation today because this building that I live in is one in which, uh, uh, let's just say, the landlord is less than amenable to do what should be done and makes all kinds of excuses. And mind you, this is a very big building uh, in New York City. Uh, And for for those that are listening outside of New York, it it might seem hard to believe that, you know, landlords could get away with not doing what they're supposed to do. But they do. Uh, And uh, unless you want to spend a lot of time and effort to force them to do what's necessary you know, you have to sort of ride the waves and go along with it, and eventually they will do what they're supposed to do, but it's begrudging at times. And um, this is really a perfect example of that. Uh, For instance, besides the the work that's going on around me, which includes renovating two apartments on my floor, as well as uh, repair work in the apartment right next to me, and when I say repair work, it's it's substantial work uh, that's being done in terms of ripping out an entire terrace floor and replacing it. What's interesting is uh, this is the apartment right next to mine, 
And I also share the same size terrace with my neighbor. And we're talking about a 40-foot terrace, so it's a pretty big terrace that we're talking about. And it's about seven feet wide. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so the landlord is really reluctant to do a complete job of ripping out the whole thing and replacing it along with the flashing because, you know, the estimated cost of doing that job is probably twenty-five dollars to $50,000 for each of our apartments. And for some reason, the landlord is reluctant to, uh, to do that. Um, and the reason that this needs to get done is that over the winter, when we had so much snow, the snow leaked into my apartment, and at times it was like living in a flood area. And, of course, for those who don't know, uh, roof work and terrace work can't be done in the winter when it's cold. Uh, it needs to be warmer weather uh, before the work can sustain itself and stick. So uh, they had to wait until the warmer weather before they could even contemplate uh, doing that work. Uh, so I would estimate that that time started in April when the weather warmed up. So now it's the end of June, and they're just about getting started in addressing the issue. So it's taken them almost three months to even consider doing the work. And when they initially approached me to do the repair work for my apartment, they wanted to do a partial repair on the terrace. They didn't want to incur the cost of doing the entire work. So I rejected it. I said, no, I'm not going to subject myself to that. Uh, let me just back up a bit and say that a year ago, they did a repair job on my terrace, and they also just did a partial repair of about one-third the width of the terrace but the entire length, thinking that that would solve the problem. They knew there was a problem with leaks because every time it was raining, the apartment underneath me would get flooded. That apartment has been vacant for about two years because nobody can live there. So you would think that they would want to do a complete job so they could rent out the apartment underneath me. But apparently, logic doesn't always prevail. So because they did a partial job that was ineffective last year, I wanted to make sure that any work they did this year would be complete would would involve doing the entire terrace as well as replacing the flashing on both sides. And let me just interrupt to say uh, I apologize for my guest's tardiness. I did speak with her at about 6.15, and I'm not really sure what the problem is in her not coming on. Hopefully she will join us soon. So let me just get back into the story. And I think it's it's an interesting story to to contemplate because it really illustrates the challenges that many of us face and the, you know, dealing with people that aren't always well-intentioned in what they're doing and how to handle that without getting totally stressed out. I'm sure everyone listening has been in a situation recently, either at work or in a personal relationship, that was difficult, that was challenging. And that's what this show is about. That's what I want to bring to the public is a forum to discuss situations and individuals who are overcoming those challenges despite what is thrown in their way as a possible obstacle. 
and this story of what I've been going through personally, I think is a good indication um, of what everyone is going through today. So let me just get back to the story while we wait for Felicia to call in. Uh, so this year when the landlord contacted me, it was after I had extensive leakage over the winter due to water damage. Um, and that was as a result of uh, the heavy levels of snowfall that we had in January and February. We had huge snowstorms here. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> because of the leaks into my apartment, the, pretty much the whole floor is shot. And, you know, these are wood floors. And soon after those snowfalls in the winter, uh, there was like a pool of water in most of my rooms that was like underneath it that had to be sucked out with vacuums. But the damage was done and the floor started to buckle. For anyone who's had wood floors that have gotten wet, they're familiar with the situation. Uh, the floors buckled and they rose up. And it almost looked like I had a ski slope in every apartment. And I'm sorry, in every room of my apartment. So what we did during the winter as a temporary measure was I had people come up and flatten the floors so that those ski slopes were eliminated. And the floor looks somewhat damaged, but it was livable. Um, but one interesting anecdote, which I think people may get a chuckle out of, at least I certainly did, was after one of the larger snowfalls that we had, which I think was about a foot and a half on my terrace, which is open, and as I indicated earlier, it's a 40-foot terrace, so it's pretty big. The snow had piled up, and it wasn't being removed like it was in the street, because I have to say that the snow removal uh, in Manhattan is very, very efficient, and most of the snow is gone within a day or two, even after a, a snowfall of about a, a foot. But there was nobody around to clear the snow off my terrace, and I realized, based on the damage that I had already incurred uh, from the leakage, that if the snow was not removed from my terrace, that snow would be seeping into my apartment for a week, maybe two weeks, and it would really make the apartment completely unlivable. As it was, I had a thin pool of water in two out of the three rooms that I did have removed by, you know, uh, that constant vacuuming. But I, I realized that if I didn't do something to remove the the snow from my balcony, I would be really in a bad situation. So what was I going to do? I called up the, um, the management and I actually went down to the manager's office in the basement. And here's the situation that I'm sure a lot of those listening have encountered. Um when you have a problem and people are non-responsive, what do you do? So I went down to the superintendent's uh, office. He was sitting there with three of the people, his assistants who work in the building. I told him the situation. I said, if you guys don't come up and help me clear off the terrace, I'm just going to bring in my own people uh, to help remove the snow because I can't, I, I don't want to even contemplate what life is going to be like in my apartment if I allow that snow to seep in continuously over a week or a two-week period, it's just going to be unbearable. And the super's initial response to me was quite interesting, and I'm going to share it with, with my listeners, with all of you guys. He looked up at me, and the three porters who work for him were sitting down. It was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 
And he looked at me, he looked at them, and he said, I don't want them to hurt themselves removing their, the snow. And I just, like, looked at him in amazement. Because, of course, these are the same guys that remove the snow around the building, whatever it snows. They're, you know, the law requires that the sidewalks around the building be cleared. And it's usually cleared immediately or within a couple of hours of a major snowstorm. So his response to what I consider to be an emergency situation was not only passive-aggressive but completely idiotic. So instead of getting angry and starting to curse him out, which, believe me, I was very tempted to do, I went upstairs and I called the management office and I spoke to the person who is responsible Actually, I left a message for him, for the guy who manages the building from the central office. And this is basically what I said. I said, if uh, if I don't have people to help me remove the snow in the next hour, I'm going to bring in my own people, four or five people that I'm going to hire myself, and I'm just going to deduct the cost of the snow removal from next month's rent. So apparently that was enough pressure to uh, wake these people up. Within the hour, the super and those three helpers, who were completely unresponsive to my immediate needs, were up in my apartment. And I should have made a video of this because it was really pretty fascinating to watch the way they helped me remove the snow. Because when I went down to speak to the super at 1 p.m., I borrowed one of the snow shovels. And I actually started to remove the snow myself uh, and bag it in large plastic bags. By the time these guys came up about an hour later, I had pretty much done about a third of the terrace myself. So picture this. Four people come to supposedly help me. And this is how it worked out. One of the guys, the super, came with a vacuum cleaner and was vacuuming the water from from the inside of my apartment underneath the floors where it already seeped in. Only one of the four people actually came out on the terrace to help me shovel the snow, which I found kind of interesting. The other two lingered inside my apartment and just watched us as we bagged the snow. And they did eventually take those bags of snow out of the apartment. And it took us about another two or three hours to completely clean off the terrace. But I never thought that I'd have to shovel snow off the terrace of my apartment. And it was kind of a unique thing to have to do. But it shows you the kind of self-help that is necessary in today's environment. And I'm really proud of myself that I didn't threaten anybody. I didn't curse anybody. I just took action. And I think to all of you who are listening, you realize that today... Very often, the people and the institutions that we thought we could rely on for responsible behavior, responsible action, are just not always there for us. And in so many areas of life, the responsibility falls back to ourselves. Need I say that a perfect example of that so far is in this show, where I had a scheduled guest who I spoke to 15 minutes before the show, who had the number to call in for the show, and it's now about 10 to 7. Nobody has called in. Not a tragedy. I'm actually enjoying speaking myself to the audience, and I hope the audience is appreciating this story. 
I find it to be quite reflective of the times we're living in, though. Um, You know, back to the point about responsibility falling upon us when people don't do what they said they're going to do or, you know, they basically uh, promised us to do. I'm sure that's also happened to everybody listening uh, to this show. And um, really the only thing that we can do is to carry on. Uh, we cannot let other people drag us down or prevent us from moving ahead in our life. And there's often legitimate excuses for why things don't don't happen or, uh, you know, um, uh, who you know who don't uh, who don't do what they're supposed to do. But but the point is, um, sometimes we're just left with uh, the choice. Either we carry on or we don't. And in that example of what happened in the wintertime, um, I had the choice. I can, I could live in my apartment and watch the snow seep into my apartment and make it unbearable for a week or two, or I could take action and either get the people in my building to help me do it or just hire people to help me remove the snow. As it turns out, the message that I left with the management office, prompted the manager in the central office to order the super and its helpers to come help me remove the snow. But as I mentioned earlier, the initial attitude when I asked them for help was basically, it's not my job, blah, 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 which was unacceptable to me. Now let's fast forward to um, this spring and and the present time. When the uh, management initially contacted me a couple of weeks ago about doing the repair to the terrace. They were not specific enough in terms of what they were going to do, and finally the manager admitted they were only going to do a partial repair. Now, when this terrace is dug up, it's an incredibly noisy and dirty experience for me, and not only is it disorienting, but it disrupts my whole schedule. Uh, You know, so... I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to go through that again, that at least the job would be done completely and properly. So I imposed certain conditions before I would let the management have access to my apartment. Now, those conditions were, number one, I wanted everything they were going to do to be in writing because when I initially spoke with the management, there was no guarantee on his behalf that they were going to do the whole terrace. Plus, they refused to do the flashing along both sides of the terrace, and the flashing is about 50 years old because this building is about 50 years old, and I don't think the flashing has ever been replaced since the building was constructed. And I think that part of the problem was that when they did that partial work last year, they never replaced the flashing, so the water ended up seeping into my apartment. And he wouldn't, and, and the manager would not agree to that. So I said, listen, until you guys can agree to do a complete job in writing, I'm not going to give you access to my apartment. And in addition, I wanted to speak to the contractor in person to make sure that he was going to do what what is necessary to do, which is basically a complete job. Uh, and, you know, it's, here again, it's really hard to rationalize why they would want to do anything less than a complete job 
because anything less than a complete job would result in more leaks for me, more leaks for the two apartments underneath me, which are now vacant and have been for the last two years due to water problems from my apartment every time it rains. It, it, it really behooves me to figure out a logical explanation why they wouldn't want to do it. In fact, there is none. Uh, but nevertheless, that was their position. So here again, it's a great example of the challenges that each one of us face in our lives where we're confronted with people or positions which seem to make no sense and in some cases work, work opposite to the interest of those taking the position. So in those challenging situations, we have to proceed steadily, slowly, with a clear head, and try not to be emotional about it. And my attitude over the last several weeks in negotiating this, this repair in my apartment was, if you're not going to do it the right way, I'm not giving you access to my apartment at all, and I can live with the situation the way it is now, even though when it rains, there's a little bit of water that comes into the apartment, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, if they don't if they're not going to do a complete job, there's a there's a window of another 3 or 4 months of warm weather. And even if things weren't done before the winter and it snows again, I know how to handle it. And my attitude is I'm going to live here, I'm going to enjoy my apartment to the fullest even with this little problem going on. And and so I don't forget to mention once the terrace is redone properly and completely, the next step is to replace all the wood floors in my apartment, which is a big job, and the landlord is obligated to do that. Here again, why would they want to do an incomplete job on the terrace and then have to replace the wood floors again? makes absolutely no sense, and certainly not to me, but apparently these people are operating on a whole different plane. So regardless of their intentions, which are less than honorable, by the way, I didn't want to have to go through this yet a third time, So, that, which is why I'm insisting that they do the job properly. And I think I may have made some headway because I spoke to the manager earlier today, and he wants to meet with me in the beginning of next week after the holiday with one of the principals of the, of the, the owner to discuss the situation. And any resolution of this situation is, as I indicated before, going to be in writing with all the details spelled out so I can be sure that this job is going to be done completely and properly. And you know, I'm very happy with the way I handle that because uh, I, I've been doing it so far with a minimum of emotion and a minimum of disappointment. I recognize the true nature of the people that I'm dealing with. And here again, I think that's a really important thing. I think that's a really important thing to focus on. And to all you listeners out there who expected Felicia Cruz, I really apologize for her not calling in as a guest. I hope that you have enjoyed my monologue about what's going on in my life and we would be able to take something positive and constructive from it. Until next time, and perhaps we will reschedule Felicia Cruz, this is Monergy Life, and I hope you have a great evening. Good night, everybody.